every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to Just as you are to worship, come, just as you are before your God, come, come, come. I'm forgiven. Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, Spirit lives within me, because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how you my king would die for me amazing love I know it's true it's my joy to honor you in all I do I honor you Because you were forsaken, I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit lives within me, because you died and rose again. Amazing love, how can it be? King would die for me. Amazing love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do.
begun. Worthy are you, Lord, I love you, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Say his name, Jesus. Jesus. said that, it's our privilege this morning to have Reverend Gary Buescher with us, Hialeah Ministry at the University of Wyoming, and that's with our base, but he yeah. has responsibility over the whole state, uh, so uh, it's a privilege to have them here. So Derek, come and uh, minister to us this morning. 
All right. Um, definitely on. All right. Well, it's good to be with you guys. Um, it's been too long, actually, since being with our, our Pine Bluffs Church family. We used to be here pretty often, if, you know, if those of you that have been around for a while. Um, maybe every three months or so, we'd be either here as a parishioner or, you know, got, get to come with my folks and, and that kind of thing, or um, even speaking, you know, once or twice a year for, for a good season there. And that was great. In fact, I was thinking, reminiscing in here this morning about um, my grandfather. And one time I, I spoke in here, and he, had, he came, and one of the few times he ever heard me preach, and he was sitting right about where Lynn is, you know, kind of in the back row or whatever. But at the end of it, if you guys, you know, knew my, knew my grandfather at all, um, like, I never once heard I love you from him. But he was one of those guys that, you know, he, like, he pulled me aside that day, put his arm around me, and said he was proud of me. And that was it for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and thinking about it now, anyway. But I'm just, that happened right where, where Lynn is, um, you know, today. Anyway, that was just cool. And I hadn't thought about that in years. But uh, just one of those special moments in my life that happened right here in this church. And this church has been a tremendous part of blessing us over the years. Uh, we've been in Wyoming for uh, nearly 13 years. Has it been 13 years? Over, thir- over 13 years. I see you lose track of time. And... Uh, and this church has been a huge part of supporting us that entire time, giving generously towards the Chi Alpha House, giving generously towards us as we're reaching students um, just over the mountain from you guys here. And we were happy to come this way over the mountain this morning. Some of you heard me say this already, but uh, we woke up and it just smelled like campfire and it was awful in town this morning. In fact, we've had kids' soccer practices and games canceled in the previous couple weeks with the, with the um, really bad Mullen fire just burning about 25 miles outside of Laramie. And then you top that off with the Fort Collins. Um, can't remember the name of that fire there. We, just, we had a lot of smoke, a lot of days, and it's pretty rough just even... And sometimes we're not wearing our masks for COVID. We're wearing our masks for this fire and all the smoke. Actually, it works great for both, I guess. Um, But anyway, great to be with you guys today. Enough about that. Um, Just going to share with you guys a little bit about Chi Alpha, what God's doing with Chi Alpha, and just uh, some reminders to you. Many of you guys probably know and remember a lot of what we do. Uh, So we are... um, missionaries here in Wyoming to the colleges and universities of Wyoming, in particular the University of Wyoming, and it's been tremendous. We've loved every minute of it, and 13 years has gone by in a blink of an eye. Um, it really has, and in large part because of just the support and encouragement we have from you guys. And when you find something that you enjoy doing, you never work a day in your life, right? Um, and I just, I just really enjoy um, working with, with students, and it's been a little challenging, obviously, since p- this past April and March, and when the school closed down and s- kids got sent home, and we had to shift to doing things um, remotely and through Zoom and stuff like that. And even t- the beginning of this semester started out that same way, but we rejoiced the last three weeks. We've been able to meet with students in person, have our large group gatherings, and um, everybody's got to be masked, and we have to follow certain precautions based on the university and things like that, but it's good to see things coming back to uh, a new normal, if you will, and you guys are probably getting tired of hearing uh, even that statement. And these are unprecedented times. And anyway, we're getting tired of all that stuff. We're ready to just get beyond this. And um, but anyway, um, we're you know we're in the middle of that, and we're trying to reach students in, in, in light of that. And the Great Commission has not stopped because of that, right? Um, God's word still needs to be proclaimed. People need to hear them. I and I feel like people and students will be more open than ever before because they have been forced to quarantine. They've been forced to isolate. They, and yet people are built for community. People do not thrive in isolation. People do not um, grow and thrive alone. They need community. And we're going um, to see Chi Alpha come out of this stronger and better than ever uh, because we're going to invite them to experience authentic community in relationship with one another, and most importantly, in relationship with God. Um, grab my clicker here. 
I think. So that's that's our logo there, and obviously, you know, my family's here in front of you this morning. That was just a couple months ago at Old Faithful back in June, so we had a lot of fun um, going and being a part of that. And I, I just have to say this for a minute. We live in a, an absolutely beautiful state. We've got so many um, things to visit, so many things to do and see, and, uh, and include, you know, Old Faithful and Yellowstone is certainly one of those things. So go be a tourist in your own backyard a little bit. We try to do that as much as we can. We, ha- we have the chance to speak in Cody uh, at the Assembly God Church there that weekend, and we, uh, we camped with my folks just outside of, of the park and, and had um, just a great time. But we love um, making, a, making that a part of our traveling is just seeing, man, God's beautiful creation right here in Wyoming, and we're blessed to call this home. So go and explore your, your state, right? Um, and I'll, I'll pick up my check from the Wyoming Tourism Board later today for that. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, we love Wyoming, love things just like this. And my dad took that picture. Anyway, but we, we reconcile students to Christ at the University of Wyoming, equipping them through spirit-filled communities of prayer, worship, um, fellowship, discipleship, and mission, because we're, we're out to transform the university, the marketplace, and the world. So we're all about being in community. We're all about inviting students to experience that. I've already mentioned that earlier. And speaking of community, um, you know, my parents, again, were a large part of this church for years, and, and they send their greetings this morning. They actually have been in um, Lexington, Nebraska this past week at a MAPS RV conference because they took their fifth wheel out there, and, which, if you know anything about MAPS, that's um, the Assemblies of God. It's kind of for retirees primarily, but they go and they, they visit churches all around the U.S. and, and and ministries and outreaches and missionaries and help them build. It, it's, it's a building um, kind of thing. So they'll go and um, maybe someone will do electrical or plumbing or, or framing or sheetrock and things like that. And so my parents are, are getting to, hoping to do that a couple times every year, especially in the summer, and do some traveling and, and get some free uh, hookups while they're at it. You know, but, but they've been really enjoying the, the RV life and, and the retired uh, life that they have right now. So we're about transforming the university, the marketplace, and the world. And here's a few pictures that are going to just kind of highlight that. We're a community of prayer. Um, we're actually praying. Tim Liggins, one of your church's missionaries, are well, but he's in the middle of that crowd there, and we're laying hands on him and praying over him. And um, we totally believe in the power of prayer, and I know you as a church do as well. I encourage you to show up on, on Sunday nights and, and join your church family here praying because prayer changes things. And we need prayer in this country like never before, it seems, as you, as you look on your social media and as you um, turn on the news. And, and yet God is still at work. God is still calling his people to prayer. And one thing that I've tried to put into practice in my own life, and I regularly remind myself, is work as if it depends on me, but I need to pray as if it depends on God. And, and somehow in the midst of that, when you're praying and trusting God for his will and situations and his work in your life, things just begin to coalesce and you get to see things happening even greater. You get to see that Ephesians 3.20 effect, God doing exceedingly above all you can ask or think when you're partnering with him. And, and that's an incredibly humbling thing that God lets us partner with him in reaching others and in blessing others and, um, and speaking life and hope to this world, which is in desperate need. So prayer, do it, right? Easier said than done, but uh, this is a picture of one of our worship nights on campus. We we meet on campus. We're not actually meeting on campus right now. We're meeting at the Chi Alpha House, so it's a little crowded. We've been meeting outside in the backyard, which is fun. Had, you know, we've had a fire pit and had people kind of spread out across the lawn and bring blankets and all that kind of stuff, and, and that's been kind of fun for something different, but as you know, that can't last much longer unless we're in coats and um, parkas and everything else, and uh, I guess a parka is a coat, right? But Anyway, 
Um, but this is kind of looking at the back of one of our meetings. And, and worship is a part of what we do. We just did it here tonight. We had a great, we had a good time of worship here um, this morning. But worship is the everyday decisions that you make on how you're going to follow and serve the Lord, right? How you're going to spend your money, how you're going to talk to your spouse, how you're going to treat your neighbor, how you're going to treat your coworker. You know, business ethics, you know, are you going to cheat somebody, um, you know, when you're selling your crops or what have you? I mean, we know that worship is so much more than just singing unto the Lord. So we're encouraging our students to live their lives as an act of worship, right? Romans 12, 1 and 2, talk about laying down your life as an act of worship. So there's so much of that that, that we're modeling with our students. Um, we're also community of fellowship. Um, this is a, a picture that happened, well, um, uh, 2000, it was October of 2018, and one of my favorite events that we've ever done, um, unfortunately we haven't been able to pull it off again because of some student regulations, some funding, and then COVID and things like that, but we had about nearly 70 students um, gather with us for this particular event, lots of internationals. We took them to a camp um, around the Wheatland area, and so we, we, had, we had bunk beds for a couple nights, and and really just giving them a camp feel. And many of them were internationals. We, we gave them an opportunity to, to shoot um, shotguns. We gave them an opportunity to shoot uh, bow, um, paintball guns, um, arrows. And what else did they shoot? Um, well, anyway, there's lots of shooting going on, right? We wanted to give them an introduction to Wyoming. Unfortunately, the camp staff probably didn't, really didn't do the best job at... Um, at giving them gun safety before handing internationals a gun for the first time as they're swinging a shotgun around and you're, and you're diving for cover. There was a little bit of that, I, I must say. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun kind of giving them an introduction to Wyoming, letting them ride horses, and just a lot of fun things. We, we shot 22s there and, and, and a, um, a number of other things, a lot of camping and just a lot of great, oh, well, camping, but a lot of just fun exper experiences. Put them in those giant balls that you play soccer with the big, and let them run into each other, big bouncy. I don't even know what those are called. Um, but just did a bunch of cool things like that. Had a great opportunity with, with these students. Many of them had never really been around Christians. Many of them not really exposed to that. Um, and so as a part of that weekend, in addition to having a lot of fun, we got them together in the, in the sanctuary there, the meeting hall, and said, you know, and pretty much just said, hey, we are so glad that we are your friends. We're glad that you came to be a part of this weekend with us. And, and so as your new friends, we would be doing you a disservice if we didn't introduce you to our best friend. And so I gave about a five, ten minute, um, just real, real brief thing that weekend because we didn't want to bait and switch them. Hey, you come to this camp and then all of a sudden you're going to get stuck in these services for all weekend and, and be preached to. But just gave an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? God is real. God is good. He's got his son. Jesus loves you. And we would not be your friend if we didn't tell you those things and give you an opportunity to respond to that. If you want to learn any for anything about that further, you can connect with us as a ministry. You can talk to me personally or any of our students. And so that's just a neat, neat event that we hope to be able to continue um, here in the future. But we're all about fellowship. How many of you guys have heard Christians, not Christians, how many, how many of you have heard over the years that people say to you, or you've heard it said of Christians, that they just don't know how to have fun? Right? I mean, do they, this, the assumptions there, if they haven't even maybe said it, right? When you become a Christian, you just get a whole list of do's and don'ts. All of a sudden, your life is over, you know? But we've even heard our students say of their non-Christian friends, and we choose to, to get rid of the term non-Christian and begin to, like, when, when they're in relationship with us, and call them pre-Christians. Because when they're in fellowship with us, we believe that they're on their way. 
And so we've got a number of students even now that are, that are pre-Christians. They're hanging out in our small groups, coming to our meetings, hanging out with us. Last night we did a progressive dinner and went to three different locations, had appetizers and then dinner and then dessert and just kind of traipsed around town and, and just kind of, and then end of the night playing board games and, and things like that together. But when students come and get involved with us that are non-Christians, we believe they're now pre-Christians because they're on their way. And that's just more of a hopeful statement, right? Non and un are kind of ugly words, right? But we attach them to things for the, for the meaning and, and whatnot there. But we've heard from our students, from some of their non-Christian friends, that they're like, man, that's the most fun I've had hanging out with those Chi Alpha students. Um, that's the most fun I've had without, um, without having alcohol involved. And that's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good um, what's the word, um, thumbs up, I guess, if you will, to us uh, for some of the events and activities that we've had over the years of of really what, what we're providing for them in the context of fellowship. And we know throughout the Bible there's a lot of fellowship called, right? I, I remember a sermon series I heard in Lincoln before moving out here years ago, and, and the sermon series was um, Stories of the Ravenous Jesus, all about the times he got together and ate with people, right? And, I just, and, and the reality is we're going to do that here a little bit later, so I need to kind of move along and, and wrap this up, right? Because eventually we're going to get so hungry and we're going to be smelling it, and we're like, come on, Derek, let's get going. So anyway... But we're all about fellowship. We love fellowship, doing fun activities together, enjoying uh, the events and the opportunities that, that are there for us, whether it's a football game, inviting people to be a part of that, or just eating together, all of the, the different kind of things, parts of weekends like that as well. Here's a couple pictures of fellowship. This was a bacon party that we had. That's some of the guys that were there at the bacon party. Everything had to have bacon as a part of it, right? So we had bacon-wrapped asparagus, bacon-wrapped hot dogs, bacon um, uh, what quiche in there. There's a there's an elk steak wrapped in bacon, a number of other things. Um, and I brought a salad, but we had to have bacon bits in the salad. And let's just say I took like 90% of that salad home. So anyway, and bacon beans. Anyway, I'm just saying we had a great night eating bacon. The girls on the flip side, they got together and had desserts and stuff, which was a lot of fun. This is just one of our, um, after one of our Chi Alpha nights at the Chi Alpha house, having a uh, chocolate fondue party, kind of, and those, some of the people gathering around uh, that table. And a lot of our activities happen at the Chi Alpha House. If you're ever in Laramie and would like to have a tour of that or see that, it's right at 15th and Grand, right across the street from the university. If you stand in the doorway and look to the right, you'll see the tallest residential building in Wyoming and all the, you know, got 2,300 students really live right across the street from us. So a lot of our activity happens at that house, including um, our party last night as it came to an end. And so fellowship, a huge part of what we're doing. Discipleship, that's, that's our discipleship class, uh, one of our recent ones. And so a big part of what we're t teaching our students and what we're doing is encouraging them to pursue God, right? Take up the mandate that Paul had in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. So a big part of Sonny and I and our, our students and our student leaders, we're getting them together one-on-one -on -one, um, with their small groups and in, and in small group to share Christ and to invite others to experience that community as well. So we're having lunch with students and, and saying, all right, where are you at in your relationship with God? And then having conversations about that. Now, now how can we move you another step further? All right, you're reading this much of the Bible. What can, what can propel you to read a little bit more? What can, yeah, how, what do you, how are you engaging with that? Or, or what can we do to... You know, anyway, just doing all those kind of things. And oftentimes, even doing those things together, right? Sometimes they need that example. So discipleship is a huge part of what we're doing. Now, we are a community of mission as well. Um, I love this picture because it shows the guys in an April service at Saratoga out. Um, that's snow. Those are big snowflakes. 
um, April. Uh, that was April of last year, um, baptizing that young man. That was the coldest and one of the more memorable baptisms I've ever been a part of. And so that's outside in the river, and the girls are in the nice confines of a local church in Laramie. But anyways, um, but we had a great time. And if you know anything about Saratoga, the nice thing about doing a baptism in the cold river is about 100 yards from that location, went and hopped in a hot spring. So, so maybe it wasn't such, a, such a, a bad thing after all, right? But we're a community mission. Now, this here is some of our outreach on campus. This hasn't, we haven't been able to do this in a while, too, because of student regulations and stuff. Uh, but that's our spiritual readings tent. Maybe you guys have heard me talk about that here in the past. I don't know. But we, we invite people to come in and experience a free spiritual reading. And so some of them are come because they're like interested. They're maybe a seeker. They're like, oh, I had one of these at a, at a fair one time. Sure, I'm going to do this. And you have Christians walk by. What is Chi Alpha doing? You guys are crazy. You know, but what we do is to come and invite them to hear a word from the Lord over their life. And so it's been transformative. It's been really cool. We've, we've given students opportunities for training as a part of these things as well. Um, because we don't want them to just do this, um, you know, without without the training, but we've had students get saved there. We've had students get direct words of the Lord. Tears come to the, their eyes and all sorts of things. And just that's just been an amazing thing as we just put students in an opportunity to hear from God and then to speak that in the lives of their fellow students on campus. So that's one of my favorite events. Um, it's really awesome. And we've seen, like I said, students get saved inside that tent and in the, in the tables and stuff around it as we get overwhelmed with, with student interest. That's a picture of our last March. Um, I guess it wasn't this March, it was the one before, because again, this we, this we haven't been able to do some mission trips in some time. But we went to the LA Dream Center, and one thing that we tell our students regularly is give, go, pray, and welcome. So the give, that's pretty easily easy, right? Give to missions. You guys, you support, if, if that's correct, if they're nine missionary units. Um, on your, and so you guys are, and again, you guys have blessed us tremendously over years, and we're so grateful for that. But sometimes the giving is the, one of the easiest things we can do. But then we also tell our students to go. Once during their college experience, they need to go on a mission trip. And then we also tell them to pray. And sometimes we say, oh, we'll pray for you. But you know, are we really faithful with that prayer? Sometimes the prayer is a, a major challenge as well. And we also say welcome. Because the Bible talks about being um, welcoming the, the, the fatherless and the alien in your midst and doing all of those kind of things and loving and serving, serving them well. So that's what we strive to do within Kyle as well. And we... Um, we really focus on our international student community on our campus with, with our missions environment. So this is not a picture of the Brady Bunch, right? This is, um, this is a picture of, of kind of what some of our Kyophas looked like as of late. And maybe you guys have seen some of this as well, but we've had to do a lot of this in, in the fall and, and early, I mean, last spring and early fall. Um, this was a lot of our connections. That was our discipleship class this last year. And a little bit challenging, but again, God is, was still doing some incredible things just through the opportunities we had to meet together, even if it was virtual. Through Kai Alpha, we've built some lifetime friendships, and we love that. Those are some of our Japanese friends in the, in the, in the far right. My boys, they're best friends, Kazuki and Ryota, who recently moved back to Tokyo. Um, and then some of our, our, of our friends um, from, uh, from China and from a Muslim-majority nation in the, in the other picture is a little dark. But we've just, we've just loved the opportunities we've got to get to know people from all around the world. There's a picture of a, of a gal from, from Shanghai, and she came and was involved in Chi Alpha for only one year. But in that one year, she went from a seeker that had just a little bit of exposure to Christianity in China to becoming a Christian in February of that year, to serving on a missions trip 
in the, in the May of that next year before she went home to Shanghai that June. And so it's just tremendous to see uh, people like her uh, see, have their lives changed as a part of Chi Alpha and then to give us some in incredible friendships as well. And in fact, um, my wife is plotting and scheming to, to get us on a sabbatical year where we pretty much travel all around the world and visit many of our friends that we've gotten to know over the last 13 years of ministry at the University of Wyoming that literally are scattered all around the world. Another picture of a, of a, of a friend of ours from from Algeria, another a friend from Taiwan. Um, and again, it's just so incredible to have these opportunities. Um, for one, the, the cooking that you get to experience with them and eating alongside of them and, and then making meals for you, that's fabulous. But also just the opportunities you have to share culture and to share um, faith is just awesome. So a little bit there. Um, I'm going to have Pastor cue up a video here in a minute, but I'm just going to pray as we jump into uh, time in the Word today. Oh, make sure I don't get out of the camera. Lord, I just thank you for like, for this church, and I speak a blessing over it. Thank you for Pastor Norman and Rhonda, their friendship. And Lord, I think of the times that I've been out with, with Norman, set, um, working on a combine or, or working on a tractor, and all the different things, Lord, that I've seen as, as my parents were a part of this church. And, and Lord, the blessings that he had is just serving as a hired hand many times for them. And, and Lord, I just thank you for, for the friendship of, the church, of this church, this gener the generosity of this church, and the opportunity just to be here today. And Lord, I pray your blessings over the word today. And Lord, just over this, this church family, in Jesus' name, amen. So just watch this, and then we'll jump into the, our time today in the Word. and their ability to tolerate pain. The road to pro status is a bumpy one. I go. Oh. Why don't more people go swampboarding? Note to sell, cancel swampboarding plans. I'm in. But if you keep at it and stay focused, <laughs> there are still no guarantees. <laughs> so I just wanted to give you a um, couple quick clips. And it's always funny to watch other people get hurt, right? <laughs> videos like that. America's funny, some videos is and other videos have like specialized in that over the years. Um, they say it's not funny until someone gets hurt and then it's hilarious, right? So we get a little bit of that there. Um, but uh, th that video is called, That's Gonna Leave a Mark. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. So, and before I get any further here, I just wanted to say, this is for you, Pastor Norman, I'll just set it here for you. It's a mug for you or your wife, Chi Alpha one, just to say thank you guys. And then some Kellicorn. Chi Alpha has become a part owner of a Kellicorn business. So, so here you go. <laughs> all right. Just wanted to, I meant to do that a little earlier. Um, but we, we've all probably hit our thumb 
with a hammer or something, and maybe we've said some choice words or whatever, but, but maybe we thought, oh, that's going to leave a mark or stub your toe. or We've all done something where, like, where we've got a scar or some kind of mark where you might even have a good story about it, you know, or you make up a good story. Maybe the story gets better with time. I don't know. Fish stories, you know. Um, but we've all probably heard that. That's going to leave a mark. I want to share with you for a few moments this morning about leaving your mark. Leaving a legacy. Um, one of my new favorite songs and is a Rascal Flat songs, and uh, it talks about how they remember you. I don't know if you've heard it on the radio or whatever, but it's it's a country music song. But I heard it, and I'm like, oh man, that's such a great song. And I actually thought about even playing it for you this morning. But it's all about it's not if or how, but they it, it's it, it's it's not. Anyway, the song essentially says is people are, are going to remember you one way or another. Did you stand or did you fall? Did you build a bridge or build a wall? And so that's, that's the context of this song. And it's like, man, all these things that you do, but how well did you love? Did you give or did you take? That's a, and it's a great song. I mean, that, this, I could have played that song and just walked away today because it's got such a great message to it, as do you know, a lot of country music songs from time to time, and obviously Christian songs and others as well. But it's become one of my favorite songs because of its message of, you know, and especially in this day and age when there's so many people taking, there's so many, like, mixed messages, if you will. There's so much fake news and there's so much, you know, all of these things that are going on um, where, that are dividing people and yet the, the gospel is telling us to unite under the banner of Christ, to, to speak his truth. And granted, I understand that, that, that Jesus came to, he also said he came not to bring peace, but a sword. I understand that some of that is bound to happen in the context, but that means that we're living a Christian life and that it's, you know, it's irritating others because they see our good deeds or what have you. But the reality is, is you need to continue to love and serve others well and do your best to live at peace with everyone. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself today or whatever, but, but that song, check it out. It's called um, How They Remember You by, by Rascal Flatts. a great song that I'll add as a homework for the message today, if you will, right? So what is a legacy? You know, I've got a hint for you guys. It's not just a 12-letter, a 12-point Scrabble word. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit more than that, right? The, a legacy, I mean, it, it, can be, it can be defined as a gift that's given to you upon um, someone's death, or, or it could be like personal property or something like that. that that's that's t- termed a legacy. But, but the one we're going to be talking about today is something transmitted or received from an ancestor, something that's been passed on to you, an example that you've received. You know, that perhaps an example of this would be like the legacy of the ancient philosophers. Or, like a bad example, maybe the, the war left an left a, a incredible legacy of, of pain and suffering. Perhaps when I said legacy, some of you maybe even thought of a car. Well, who's, what, what brand of automobile has a, has a legacy as a car? Anybody? Nobody today? Yeah. Ford? Ford? No, it's a Subaru. We drove in one today, so it's a little easier for us. We've got a Subaru out. Subaru Legacy. It, um, it's billed as a car that you can trust. It has your interest in mind, your safety in mind, your peace of mind in mind, right? How, could, how would you not want to go out and buy one of those right now after I said that? Yeah, that's how it's billed right on its website. It's the flagship automobile of the Subaru family of cars. So the greatest example of legacy, we could probably all um, say today this, and, and even in unison, that we've ever received is the example that we have of Christ, right? He not only gave us an incredible example to follow, gave us his instruction, showed us how to love. He gave his life so we can receive freedom to live in that same legacy of blessing so we can leave our mark, leave our mark on the lives of those around us. 
So think about the example of Jesus, right? He invested his life primarily in, in 12 people. And now in Chi Alpha terms on our campus, we would call that Jesus' small group, right? And even amongst that group of 12, he had Peter, James, and John that were even, even closer, right? But his example is one that we're trying to emulate on our campus. So his plan for reaching the world was entirely built on relationships. So when Jesus returns, returned to heaven after his life on earth, Gabriel could not wait to get an audience with Jesus. Couldn't wait to get a moment. And when he did, he came up to Jesus and said, Master, you suffered terribly for the men down there. To which Jesus replied, I did. And Gabriel continued, Do they not know everything that you've done for them and how much you love them? Oh no, said Jesus. Right now only a handful of people know. So Gabriel was perplexed. Then what have you done to let everybody know about your great love for them, about your plan for them? And Jesus said, I've asked Peter, James, and John, and a few others to tell others about me. Those who are told will in turn tell others until ultimately all of mankind will have heard about my love for them and what I've done. Gabriel frowned at this, and he seemed a little perplexed and skeptical. He knew what poor stuff men were made of. So he said, yes, but what if Peter, James, and John grow weary? What if the people after them forget? Jesus, haven't you made any other plans? To which Jesus replied, I have no other plans. I'm counting on them. His investment in those 12 men has brought roughly a third of the world um, under claims of, of Christian faith to this day. And yet it started all in the context of relationships. That's real legacy the transformation of lives. And 20 centuries later, it's still God's plan for the world. He's counting on us. Are they, is that still up there? It's fine if it's not. Oh, it doesn't matter. Well, I've got it, yeah. But, but the first point I was going to make today is that God transforms our lives in Him if we let Him through ongoing relationship. God transforms our life if we let Him through ongoing relationship. And that's relationship with Him, obviously, pursuing Him. Ephesians 2 among other places, talks about that transformation. I've got just a couple of these points up there. Ephesians 2 talks about being dead in your transgressions, right? But then it talks about becoming alive in Christ. Paul says, you know, Paul, and Ephesians 2 is a great example of this, but Paul says, thank God for this gift of love in Christ. This is a call to leave your mark. When you've been given this gift of love in Christ, it should overwhelm you. It should call you to want to love and serve those around you. We're made alive, and others need to experience this as well. This gift needs to be shared, and it's in the sharing of this gift of Christ's love that real legacy takes place. In Ephesians 2.9 there, um, it says, We are God's handiwork, creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And the start of a godly legacy, are you guys ready for this? Start of a godly legacy is God, right? You have to have a relationship with Him. It's got to be a growing, vibrant thing, right? So we're His handiwork. We need to acknowledge that and then ask God what He wants to do in and through us. That's the coolest thing yet, and I mentioned this already. The creator of the universe allows us to partner with Him in reaching the world through giving, going, praying, welcoming, loving, and serving others. So a question um, today for each of you is, have you committed your life to him and his purposes? And some of you are like, oh yeah, well, I've been a believer for a long time. But sometimes we have to remind ourselves that God still has things for us to do, still has purposes for us, still has conversations for us to have, still has a check for us to write, whatever it might be to love and bless those around us. You know, I had a former pastor in Lincoln that would say, every time you asked him how you're doing today, he's like, oh, I got saved again today. 
In fact, I, got, I, I quit asking him that question, actually, because I knew what he was going to say. And he just was saying with that comment that he gave his life to Christ again that day. He's, he's putting to death the flesh, right? He was acknowledging his need for God every day. And there's no greater decision in our life than to follow Jesus. So once you've made that decision, there's no stopping you. And collectively, there's no stopping us, right? You begin to move from a place of it's all about me to a place of it's all about him. And, so in, and we take the focus off ourselves and we put it on others. And there's no greater blessing than seeing someone else come to a decision for Christ. And one of the pictures previously, we were, we, my family and I was in Houston around a couple, and they had a tr- dramatic conversion to Christ. Um, they're both from countries hostile to the gospel. We'll just kind of leave it at that. And God showed up to them. And you guys probably heard me sh- relate this story uh, f- uh, several years back. Um, they had a near-death experience, and they came to faith in Christ, and they came looking to us because we'd been their friends. Him, we'd known him for about seven years, and her for a year or two at that time. And it was so incredible seeing God intervene in their life through a relationship with us. But even beyond that, the dream and the, the near-death experience that, that they had. Um, and when they gave their life to Christ on our couch in our, in our house, February of, gosh, that's been a, a number of years ago now, 2006, I don't, I'm not even going to throw out the year because I have to, but I mean, it was a high that I lived on for, for months, weeks. I was just like, man, this is so awesome. God, you intervened in their life. These people so far from you and now they, they're living for you. And, and I was so passionate about sharing my faith in that time. And the reality is, is like, that needs to be, a, I wish that was more of a regular thing in my life. But when I saw them transform, when I saw them now being discipled and growing in a relationship with God, it brought me to like a whole nother level of excitement. And I, and I want to continue to be passionate about seeing others come to know Christ. A legacy that lasts is a legacy that takes the, the focus from me to others. You know, think about your conversations. Um, oftentimes, we, we talk about ourselves, right? Me, myself, and I. And, and granted, I know when you ask somebody, like if I ask Lynn, hey, how are you doing? He, he should tell me how he's doing. And sometimes we don't even, you know, we just say, oh, yeah, oh, fine. You know, but, but really, like getting past that to really getting to know one another, and, and so much of it is, we're, we're, we're generally happy to talk about ourselves, right? But really pu- and putting that onus and that focus um, on somebody else, really focusing on them, and man, Candace, tell me all about like how, how your week's been, and I want to know everything, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. But really like then asking good questions and, and, and going further and, and really getting to know and really getting down, down, the down and dirty that we're sometimes even afraid to, to get to because we were hiding that from, from people, we're, and we're not really embracing real relationship with others. Um, and too often in our conversations, we, again, make it all about us. I remember as a kid, like my boys' age, I sang this song, I Trouble. And the song was, everybody's looking out for number one, me, myself, and I Trouble, right? Not E-Y-E, but the letter I. We're all, we're all just selfish. We need to begin to get aside from that. And when you make your conversations about other people, it's pretty transformative in their life. And in fact, that's why I think psychologists and psychiatrists do so well. It's not because they learn to listen well. They learn to ask really good questions. And that's something I think all of us, regardless of where we're at in life, can do a better job of. So when the attention comes off of yourself and goes to another, it's, it's revolutionary. So when's the last time you did something for someone else? Now, I'm not just asking, you know, I did something for my kids or, or a family or even church family or whatever. But when did you do something for someone else and you knew you might not even get a thank you, you'd never get repaid? That's, that's, that's when it becomes like a game changer, right? You know, we have little problem doing things for our friends and family, especially because we know they'll reciprocate it because they're blood, you know, whatever, whatever reason we kind of justify um, 
to help them out. But what about doing something for somebody that will never repay you? That's, again, that's where the game changes. And I believe that God transforms our relationship with others. Matthew 22, 36-40, a familiar passage to many of you. But Jesus asked, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? To which Jesus replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And I said already that the starting point of all this is God, right? We can be transformed in our relationship with God. And now watch as God transforms the relationship with others. That's the first and greatest commandment. The second is, love your neighbor as yourself. Man, if more people would just love their neighbor as themselves. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. If only more people would, would understand this truth. Love God with everything in you. Let him transform you. And then love others as you love yourself. You know, it doesn't take much in this digital age with a smartphone in your hand to find that the world can be an ugly place. You know, we need to leave our mark on it. We need to speak life. We need to speak beauty. We need to ignore Facebook arguments and be careful and prayerful as to how we respond to people digitally and otherwise. Romans 12:18. As much as it depends on you, live at peace with one another. As much as it depends on you. Ecclesiastes 3:11. God has set eternity in our hearts. I believe that everybody wants to make a difference. Everybody wants to matter. God has set eternity in our hearts. And I believe that college students and the, and the, young, the young people that we're working with, that, that's, that's really coming to a foreground in their life. They want to find the right major. They want to find the right spouse. They want to do the right thing to bring about transformation, not only for them, but oftentimes you know, to, to, to eradicate third world problems and, and hunger and, and AIDS and, and, and find the cure for cancer and malaria, like all of these things. They are so... Um, What's the word I want to say? Um, anyway, that, that's a passion in their lives at that point in time. And so we want to steer them to, to make the right decision of that and to steer them to honor God with those choices and involve them in missions for some of that same thing. God is turning in the hearts of men. Students want to leave their legacy. They want to leave their mark. Being a person of legacy, leaving your mark is best done in relationship with God, which flows then into your relationship with others. And then also in your relationship with your church community, right? Because the last point is godly community transforms the world. Godly tr community transforms the world. The Greek word for this is ekklesia. Maybe you've heard that reference related to the church before. We are the called out ones. We are called out of the sinful world and, and all the garbage that's outside these walls and all, all around the media and seemingly everywhere that you look. We, we're, called to, we're called out of that and we're called to invite Christ to people in the midst of whatever garbage they're living in, whatever relationships they find themselves. We're supposed to bring the governance of God into the relevant application and practice of mankind. So really, godly community transforming the world is about individual pieces coming together to form a whole. Like we can't, you know, it's going to be harder to reach Pine Bluffs if it's just Pastor Norman and Rhonda, right? But when all of us can get behind them prayerfully and, and support outreach and be a part of community events and, and, and take a pie to your neighbor or whatever it is that God's asking you to do to be a piece of that, it, it, it creates a greater level of community and transformation. In the Bible, we get pictures of this unity, right? The church is the body of Christ. We, we get examples in 1 Corinthians 12 of the different parts of the body and how important they are and how you can't, how you know, an ear can't say to the hand, I, I don't need you, and I can't say to the foot, I don't need you. How integral we all are. And some of you guys, we talked about leaving a mark. Some of you have stubbed your toe, and you realize how important your toe is to 
the rest of your body and getting to work or, or whatever. Some of you have had injuries with different parts of your body and you, know, you realize how much it affects you. So we, we are all affected when we're not in unity and we're not loving and serving together. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, uh, verse 22 there says, In him and in fellowship with one another, you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. The Spirit unites us when we dwell together in unity. It's a blessed thing. And I, I love Acts 2, 42 to 47. And that's a huge part of what I already shared with you about Chi Alpha's fivefold mission, being a community of worship, fellowship, discipleship, um, and uh, prayer and I don't know, I think I might have missed one. But, but Acts 2.42 references all of those things. Coming together, over, coming together with food, devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, and to prayer. All of these kind of things are encapsulated in that. And I love how verse 47 ends. It says that the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Man, when people see godly community in action, it's transformative. You know, we, we, we need a relationship with God that transforms our relationship with others. And together, as a church, we can be, bring that hope to Pine Bluffs. We can bring that hope to the world. So we need to unify through prayer. We need to unify through our fellowship with one another. We need to seek the heart of God for justice, for reconciliation, for our failures. And so that as a community, we will truly meet the mandate of loving God first and foremost and loving our neighbor as ourselves, the first and greatest commandment. Man, if that's if memorize that, take it to heart. Say, God, where am I? Where am I missing this? Am I missing some of this with you? Where's my, is my relationship with you growing cold? Where have I mistreated my neighbor? Maybe some of us even need to make some phone calls and 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 and, and repent for some past actions. But we we need to live at peace with others. We need to uh, speak hope and and live hope and and share hope with others. Now, if we do that, things will change in our families, in our, in our churches, in the community of Pine Bluffs, in Wyoming, in the U.S., in the world. Jesus left his mark. He left a legacy by valuing all who came to him when the society of the day did not. You know, he valued children when the disciples were saying, no, get these kids out of here. They're bothering the master. Right? He valued women. He valued outcasts. He valued sinners and others when the society of the day did not. Loving our neighbor as ourself in this politically charged, volatile world isn't always easy, but leaving a legacy of Christ-likeness is based on abiding with God. And as we do that, I believe that legacy is the outcome. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, I thank you for, for this church today. I thank you for the opportunity that we have here in just a few moments uh, just to gather around tables together and eat. Lord, I just pray you'd speak to each and every one of us, Lord. What are we doing to love our neighbor as ourselves? What are we doing to love you with our heart, mind, body, and soul? Because each of us have room to grow in every one of those areas, Lord. Lord, we want to draw closer to you. We want to leave legacy in our families. We want to leave legacy in this church. We want to leave legacy in this community. We want to leave legacy in the words that we speak. And I think about my grandfather, even in the words he spoke over me in the back of this church, the legacy he, li he lived, Lord, as an incredible farmer and rancher in this, in this area. But Lord, as he said, I'm proud of you, Lord. Just the, the, the call within me to be what my grandpa expected me to be and wanted me to be. And, and Lord, I just think of, Lord, you and the, and the words that you've spoken over each of every one of us. Lord, there, the Bible is full of your promises to us that we are loved, that we are called out, that we are holy, that we are sanctified. 
that we are set apart for a purpose, that we are never left alone, that if we were the only one, you still would have come and, and died in our behalf. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that each one of us are worth one Jesus to you. And Lord, let that just resonate in us in greater ways, Lord, that we would truly live the life, Lord, that you've called us to be. And again, we're never, we're never too old, we're never too young to make a difference. So Lord, let us love and serve you well, because this world needs to see that. And we just pray that we'd be people that speak hope. Lord, I think of Colossians 2, 4, it says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Let that be true of this church, that people see Christ in this church. It's the hope of glory. Lord, this world is becoming hopeless. So many people outside these walls are giving up. They're losing hope. There's so many things going on, and yet we know that you're bigger than it all. So we pray that we are to respond in the midst of this with faith. We respond in the midst of this with love and purpose, and that we would just see you move and work in our life in greater ways. That we would see you, as Ephesians 3.20 says, you will do exceedingly above all that we can ask or think. And Lord, forgive us for thinking so little of what you're able to accomplish. Lord, accomplish more in our lives. Accomplish more on behalf of this church. Help us to reach more people for you because the time is short. We love you, Jesus. We thank you now for the food that we're going to prepare. We thank you for this challenge. May it just continue to resonate in our hearts and minds. And may we respond to you in faith. May we respond to you, Lord, knowing that you're good, knowing that we can trust you even when times are difficult. Help us, Lord, again, to go out and love and serve others well. In Jesus' name, amen.